0: And welcome to our first anniversary episode of RetroTube, the show where Adam and Heather take it in turns to watch some of the most weird and wonderful television from the 60s to the 80s, and then talk about it for an indeterminate period. Or, as long as Adam edits it down to. Or as
1: long as Adam can hold out without eating biscuits.
0: Yes. This week it's my turn, and I'm finally taking the opportunity to introduce Adam to one of my all time favourite cartoons. So pull up a chair, grab a slice of pizza, and come with us to the sewers of New York as we finally get to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles. Patriots of Ninja Turtles was initially broadcast in the States on 14th of December 1987 as a five-part miniseries based on the Indie Mirage comic book series created by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman in 1984. The cartoon's success, much like the comic book success, was absolutely unprecedented, and as such, The Turtles has become one of the most successful animated series of all time, with multiple remakes and spin-off films to its credit. The show eventually ran to 10 seasons over 193 episodes and told the adventures of four anthropomorphic turtles, Leonardo the Leader, Donatello the Brainiac, Raphael the Comedian and Michelangelo the Bon River. Together, they battle a series of rivals, most notably their arch-nemesis Shredder and his cohort from Dimension X, Crown. They are led by their kindly sensei, a giant rat named Splinter, and supported by their BFF, badass lady reporter April O'Neil. I instantly fell in love with the Turtles and subsequently pizza as soon as they arrived <laughs> in the UK in 1990. And I still watch all the different incarnations of the show on an embarrassingly regular basis. But Adam, as you're a smidge older than me, did you ever get to watch the Turtles? Did you have any idea as to what the show would be like? And did you enjoy the episodes we watched today?
1: I, like you say... Um... Uh, Somewhat older than you. How was it? Eight eight years?
0: Yeah, round about that.
1: Yes. So I would have been 15, I think. Well, I would have been 15 in 1990. Yes. So I was already too old for this kind of thing when it came out. So I, I wouldn't have watched it. But I might have seen it because my brother is four years younger than me, I think. So he could well have watched it. I can't really remember exactly what he did watch. But yes, it wasn't a thing that I watched. I was a bit against it, and I'll tell you for why, and it's not the turtle's fault. When I was little, me and all my pals and all my class and everyone I knew my age was really obsessed with Star Wars. We talked about it constantly. We collected the figures. We played Star Wars. Zoe Smith from Up the Road, she was Princess Leia. Uh, she was of course. a bit more bitey than the real Princess Leia. And just everyone was obsessed by Star Wars from in 83, 84... And then around about 85, people started getting interested in Transformers. Right. Which is fine.
0: Robots in disguise.
1: Robots in disguise, turtle power. It's fine to be interested in something new, but it turned out to be replacing Star Wars, which is a concept I hadn't really come across before.
0: Oh, no, I guess you wouldn't have.
1: The fact that, that children have fads.
0: Honestly, children are so fickle.
1: So I was wanting to play Star Wars with my friends they're like, oh, Star Wars, we're playing Transformers now. And I was thinking, but, but we like Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, now we like Transformers. We don't like Star Wars anymore. We like Transformers. But but we like Star Wars. How can you just suddenly all en masse decide that you don't like one thing and you now like another thing? And this doesn't extend to Peter. No, no. I- in fairness.
0: Peter would never.
1: Peter would never betray me in that fashion.
0: He wouldn't. <laughs> so we, we were... He is an angel.
1: He was probably just as baffled as I was by this sudden treachery. The gimmicks seem quite limited. And, of course, Star Wars is... You know, the the toys are an offshoot, but the main thing is this amazing film that's you know it's got a lot of heart and soul and passion behind it, and it's this whole exciting world. Whereas Transformers very much was a toy and a really cheap naff looking cartoon.
0: Yes, like He-Man.
1: Like He-Man, essentially, yeah, it's that sort of thing. So after Transformers, the next one along, all the kids were really obsessed by it, was uh, the Teenage Turtles. So I've was always been a bit off with. <laughs> that uh, experience of everyone just turning their back on Star Wars and any, any of those sort of childhood obsessions that everyone is just fads that everyone is suddenly into—I was a bit against until I just got over myself.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ending of that story. I was not expecting it.
1: I'll just grow up, Leslie. Oh. For God's sake, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: You're 35
1: years (laughs) old. It's time to let it go.
0: Uh, As Elsa said.
1: um... (laughs) You can't be furious with the children because they're into Frozen.
0: Not now. They'll be into something else next week. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, I feel like I've brought up some... I feel like I've brought up some really bad memories, and like you're going to therapy trauma. now. And... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: So my first encounter, ironically, with the Turtles, the first I ever heard about them, was in one of Peter's rough books. Oh, right. Peter's rough books are a legendary thing. It's not just a rough book. Um, so he would get these books at school, which mm. were intended to be his, his rough book. Yeah. I don't know if if that's still a thing, a rough book, but it's the book that you you know put your notes in and you work things out. But Peter just filled his with drawings and these weird stories and these flights of fancy and you know one-page comedy sketches and that sort of thing. Things. so there was this, this source of fascination for me but one of his rough books had these illustrations of this really surreal thing that he'd, he'd come across this this comic book called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he was really taken by that being such a sort of Dadaist collection of words and it's like this this is a really weird thing yes these mutant turtles who are also ninjas so i remember his drawings he'd, he'd drawn them in green biro mm. and in typical early teenage peter style they were you know they looked very fierce and there was blood on their swords and, and things like that so it's, it wasn't the sort of cuddly child-friendly cartoon that it turned out to be it was more no, the, this...
0: the the comic book was a lot darker though and i don't oh, really okay i haven't personally read any of the comic books um but it has always the concept of that has always baffled me. Mm. That yeah, the the turtles and their ninjas. Yeah. Um this is really serious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've not experienced the comic strip, and I wonder if like the deadpan nature of that would be more effective or less effective?
0: I don't know. Mainly because I am so into and have always been so into all of the different like incarnations of the cartoon and the films, uh, which are definitely more oriented towards the whole family rather than just, like, you know, comic book geeks. Which is not a slight on comic book geeks, it's just a a, a, a type of person. It's, like, not... It's, like, I, I, I mean... Older people than children.
1: We're the wrong people to be using the word "geek" as a slur, aren't we? Really?
0: <laughs> uh, the, yes. I mean, we embrace our geekery.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. So, like, um, the the Bob Nolan, what's his name? Chris Nolan, Batman yes. films. Yes. Where it's not deadpan; it's just incredibly dark and serious. But he's yes. got little bat ears.
0: Yes. It's that whole kind of thing. And it talks That seems like a bit this. silly,
1: but yeah, exactly. But I don't know whether the comic book is deadly serious or whether it's just deadpan. And that's part of the the charm of it. So the cartoon certainly isn't that. It's not Deadpan
0: at all. It's
1: very, very silly. It's
0: very much live pan.
1: It's very live pan indeed. My one specific memory of it is whichever presenter in the broom cupboard, either Andy Crane or Andy Peters, a little girl had written in. Really annoyed because her brother, her younger brother, was convinced that it wasn't turtle power, it was to the park. To the park. He was hearing that, and he wanted the broom cupboard presenter to have authority to to, to <laughs> say definitively, no, it's turtle power. You know what little... Well, you don't know what little brothers are like. I know what little brothers are like. They can be very stubborn if they get something in their head, and you go, no, it's not that. They will stick to it. It's not Sorry. to the park. Just- it's turtle power. To the park doesn't make any sense. They're <laughs> not going on the swings. So that stuck in my mind, I think just because it was just such a typical little brother thing.
0: Yeah, I think they probably stick to things like that because they see how much it's winding you up. I think like, so, Like, they don't yeah. actually care whether it is or
1: not. <laughs> I care but
0: they're getting a rise out of you and they're like, God, this is funny.
1: <laughs> it's like when they follow you around everywhere or they just repeat everything you say and it drives you absolutely bonkers.
0: I can imagine.
1: Stop repeating everything I say! Stop repeating everything I say! Oh, you're doing it again! You're doing it again! You never clock on to the fact that actually stop saying nothing will stop them doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Quite. Oh, well, never mind.
1: But anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Yeah, it, it's... D- did I enjoy it? Did I enjoy it? Did I enjoy I Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It's difficult to say. There are elements that I thought worked better than others. Mm. I wouldn't say it was my favourite of the things you've had me watch so far. Right.
0: I can understand that.
1: Uh, you know the um, the Anakin and Padme meme doing the rounds at the moment?
0: yeah. I do.
1: And she says, But it it's not your least favourite, right? But it's not your oh, least favourite.
0: Oh no, Adam like a
1: kick spread. Oh no.
0: Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean it, it I can't it, believe it, it, I'm it, worried it, it, about certainly... the Sweeney. Like genuine. <laughs> oh the Sweeney was great. Wasn't worried at all about the turtles because I was like, God, <laughs> who doesn't love the turtles? The heroes in a half shell. We've got turtle power.
1: There were certainly elements of it that I enjoyed. They're
0: the world's most fearsome fighting team.
1: <laughs> they certainly are. You know, are. the
0: heroes in Harshal and they're green.
1: <laughs> they're also potentially the world's most annoying fighting team.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Now, come on. <laughs> what? No, you're just... I'm, I'm sorry. You're entitled to your very wrong opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I mean it 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 um it was a way to spend an hour this afternoon we watched three episodes the first three episodes
0: it was the first three episodes of the whole thing yes
1: so we got to watch the setup which i'd never seen before
0: yeah i thought it would probably be best to watch like to watch that because it's kind of quite a complicated backstory really because there's like two things going on at once and i thought it would probably be better if you saw them and that would exp- that would cut me out having to explain things
1: Yes. So,
0: yeah, that was why I chose those.
1: It was a lot more comedy than I'd either remembered or imagined. I can't remember which because I can't remember how much of it I watched at the time, if at all. Mm. But I sort of had it in my mind that it was more of an action cartoon in the start. I mean, it is an action cartoon, but more in the manner of Transformers or Pole Position or that sort of thing or any of those ones involving lots of explosions and punching and running about and things collapsing yes but actually particularly at the start it was a lot more gag heavy
0: so gag heavy <laughs>
1: yes i liked the gags but occasionally
0: a crime occurs so baffling that even we city dwellers sit up and take notice three scientific equipment companies three robberies and what was stolen
1: two positron accelerators four reverse flux polarity indicators and uh, one parabolic sine wave generator and what does all that equipment do I have absolutely no idea.
0: I like the gags. I like the gag in the first episode. I mean, I like a lot of the gags. Um, But one of the, I think maybe even the actual first gag is, is a visual gag. And um, there are there's, there are vandals in in the streets of New York, and April O'Neill is reporting about them. Mm. It shows some kids graffitiing a wall where a man is just quietly reading a newspaper and minding his own business. And once they finish graffitiing the wall, he is covered in paint, and then he walks away, and there's like a little man shaped space of of <laughs> no graffiti, uh, which did make me giggle.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the gag that I write, that wrote down, I mean, I I did enjoy all those gags. And I was like, oh, this is a proper comedy show. I hadn't realised. But yeah, the one that I particularly liked, just because I'd not really seen it done anyway, it, it was quite an original joke, is the bit after a break-in at some kind of warehouse or facility, April O'Neill is interviewing, I think, a scientist or someone about the things that have been stolen. Oh, yes. And while she's interviewing him, the security guard is still tied to a chair. <laughs>
0: gagged yeah. and no,
1: no one's thought to untie him yet
0: <laughs> not, not one person <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i thought that was very funny it,
0: it was it was i'm not even going to pretend that i don't love everything about the turtles but I, I i see i see that there are issues with it yeah you know um coming back watching it as as a grown-up rather than you know seven-year-old me who was like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life it's even better than the thing that I was in love with last week I'm probably better than the thing that I'm going to be in love with next week um (laughs) uh no I was properly properly I I had like coloring books and everything it was just wow I wouldn't even play it at school because everybody who was playing it didn't get it right
1: oh no Uh, (laughs)
0: And also, one, I think one of the girls who I really didn't like, I can't even remember her name now, but there was a girl who was just, like, really irritating, and mm. uh, she always insisted on being April, and I think that's why I've kind of always had a bit of an issue with April.
1: I was going to say, she's very well cast, then, the annoying girl <laughs> playing April. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't, in fact, like the character of April O'Neil at all until the 2012 incarnation of the cartoon, oh, okay. um, where... April isn't a reporter. She's just a teenage girl who goes to the local high school, so she's like the same age as the turtles. Donatello instantly falls in love with her when he sees her and he says to her, it's there's a similar there's a similar gag in the, in the episodes that we watch, but Donatello says, She's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. And Raphael goes, She's the only girl you've ever seen, and that's <laughs> <laughs> And then, obviously, Megan Fox became April O'Neil in the 2014 and 2016 live-action films. really? And she oh, really? was okay. amazing. I do love Megan Fox. But, no, 80, 80s April, definitely got a big problem with. I think it might be the jumpsuit.
1: She's quite a tropey journalist.
0: She is definitely a lady reporter. She,
1: she is very much a lady reporter. Should I give some sort of background for anyone unfamiliar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
0: Go for it. Go for it.
1: Although it's one of those shows where the title tells you pretty much all you need to know it is quite literally teenage mutant ninja turtles they are yes. a subterranean crime fighting quartet of some pet turtles uh, who are adorable the baby turtles are the most adorable thing
0: they are very cute
1: i assume possibly in the original comic book they have been uh, they are unwanted pets that have been flushed down the toilet i don't know cuz that seems to make sense uh, but in this, a boy is carrying them in a fishbowl, but he falls over and drops them and the fishbowl breaks and they all fall down a grating into the sewers. Yes. But I'm imagining it's probably more of a comment on unwanted flushed pets in the original. They become the pets of an exiled Japanese martial arts ninja, I guess. He's a he's a yes. sort of Yoda-like. Uh, speaking of tropey characters, I mean, he's incredibly tropey, the uh, splinter yes who they they encounter some goo and he becomes a giant rat and they become giant teenagers Mm. so these little turtles sort of turn into humans and he turns into the human turns into a rat it's very bizarre it's a very strange series. And I think it's almost a shame that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a thing is so familiar now because it was such a big thing. And it's 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 such a well-known household name sort of property that you, you've sort of become accustomed to it as a series of words or as a concept. Because it's hard to quite get into one's brain how weird it is.
0: It is proper wacky.
1: Yes, it, it's difficult to sort of come to it afresh because it's so well-known. Mm. There is also a crime wave. Being committed by ninjas, also who are the Foot Clan, which just reminded me of Help, it's prof- <laughs> uh, Victor Spinetti's character Foot in that, and also Krang reminded me of Clang from that.
0: Yes. Yeah. so
1: it's probably coincidence. That's the setup, and it's it, and it is just it's then an excuse for shenanigans. Although, unusually, because this is a five-part miniseries, the the episodes flow into each other. It's all generally part of the same. Narrative, whereas these the action cartoons would generally be things that can be shown in any order, so they don't have a, a through arc. Usually, this one does.
0: Yeah, the, the whole the whole show does not just the not just the first series. Um, oh, really? It's okay. Like an over, it's like an overarching. It's not like a. There are quite a few standalone episodes, but there is like yeah. a whole overarching theme going through. Um. So yes. It's
1: very very. Very 80s. It's almost like something that's been made as a spoof of the 80s, it's so 80s. But it's not, it's actually 80s. It is
0: the most 80s.
1: Should we launch into the episode itself?
0: Let's. So episode one was called Turtle Tracks.
1: Turtle Tracks?
0: Yeah. <laughs> You've just basically said what happens in the first episode.
1: They're quite plot light. They're only 20 minutes.
0: They are only 20 minutes and there are, you know, you need to have plenty of room for shenanigans... Do you want to do you want to explain any more in this episode or shall I <laughs> not <really>. do something? <laughs> right, okay.
1: No, I I do have notes. Okay. Yeah, I. I, go, on. Have, we'll, I we'll, like, we'll go We'll go uh, with one, two, you because
0: three. I I didn't have the energy to type and make notes. Oh
1: yes, of course you don't have notes, do you? Yeah, I, I have about seen that. all
0: of the episodes like nine million times. Mm. I've so, got three and
1: a half um, pages of notes. So it's not like I was just watching it, drumming my fingers or anything.
0: Oh no, well that's 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 fine. We'll uh, we'll go we'll go with you.
1: One of the things I thought at the time, and which I haven't really changed my thinking on, is they don't really seem very much like teenagers. I think it's possibly the muscles. Yeah. And this isn't very much like the earlier 80s cartoons like He-Man and Thundercats, except for the fact that the four main heroes are incredibly muscular. They're not quite as huge as He-Man.
0: No, I mean, a few people are. No,
1: but they are very, very muscular, which doesn't really make them seem like teenagers. And they're not really played by teenagers.
0: Not played by teenagers at all. One of the, um, one of the voice actors uh, is Cam Clark.
1: Cam Clark he plays yeah.
0: Leonardo, and he which is which one's
1: Leonardo again? I'm terrible at. He's
0: the leader with the blue mask.
1: Oh, the blue one, right?
0: The blue one. Um, he, Cam Clark, is probably best known to you and a lot of people uh, as Dr. Oh, he's Dog tanian right? Paris, at last, I
1: made it. I'm really there. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's wonderful.
0: <laughs> I feel like my life is just beginning. Yeah,
1: I had a pleasant nap, thanks to that trick sword of yours. Yeah! Except I battle for the cause of good!
0: Ah. I have to say, Leonardo does suffer from the leader trope syndrome. Or oh, doesn't
1: he? Oh.
0: He is he is quite the personality vacuum.
1: Yeah, his personality seems to be killjoy.
0: Yes. Yes. I mean I try. Because I, I I do love all of the turtles. Obviously, I mean I, I have a favorite. I don't think I've ever made any secret of it. Um, but I do is always. It per,
1: is it the purple one? No. Oh, is it? Oh, which one's your favorite? Raphael. Is that the red one?
0: Yeah, the one. Right. Oh, okay, You like jokes. the sarcastic
1: one. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. Imagine that. Me liking the sarcastic one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not human.
1: Bingo. Yeah, no, we're dealing with a real mind here.
0: Yeah, I've always tried to like Leonardo because he's he's the leader. And, mm, of course. You know, they're all like best friends and they, you know, the, the others like him. But just, he's always been a bit...
1: I'm not doing a thing till we eat some serious breakfast. And we don't eat until we practice. Casting Dog Tanyan as the boring leader is a bit like casting Shaggy from Scooby-Doo as the boring leader. As we found out when we did uh, Battle of the Planets.
0: Quite.
1: You've always got to have your Mark character. There's a lot of that. Yeah, no, I I made plenty of notes on... Well, this is the thing as well. When I saw it or was aware of it originally, I I was aware of the fact that they were supposed to have different personalities. Mm. But they just seemed like a bunch of interchangeable surfer dudes going, Yo, dude, bodacious, yo, pizza. But this time, obviously, because i'm having to watch it critically i did make an actual effort to distinguish the different personalities of the turtles it's a bit subtle but i think i did there's the sarcastic one and then sort of the the flippant uh kind of partying one and then the slightly nerdy one and then is there a fourth one i forget
0: yeah there is a fourth one but yeah he's he's the one who's none of the others
1: yeah he gets no jokes Cam Clark, you get no jokes at all.
0: Not one joke. Juliet, Juliet! <laughs>
1: that was a bad impression, wasn't it?
0: It wasn't great. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of the personalities have kind of uh, evolved over the years. So now Leonardo is actually more a kind of a more of just a a big geek. Oh, okay. Donatello is way more into science and technology Mm. and that um, he's a total nerd like that.
1: He's the Mickey Dolans. Uh,
0: Raphael is really, really grumpy. Oh, really? So grumpy. He's the grumpiest. (laughs) And Michelangelo um, has gone from just being like a surfer dude obsessed with pizza to being one of nature's special people.
1: (laughs) I, I think in this they they want to infer he's a bit of a stoner without actually being able to say it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he does have the voice. Happy birthday to moi. Happy birthday, dear Michelangelo. Happy birthday to
1: yours truly. Hey dudes, I brought you a special treat in honour of a totally special day. You see, today just happens to be my... Thanks, Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Great chow. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. But didn't you guys notice anything special about that pizza? But the, the very last moment in the, the third episode, they're like, oh, you've been eating too much pizza again. You know what I saw in that old house? It, it was this humongous brain... And it had a mouth and eyes and it talked to me. A talking brain, huh? Yeah. Uh,
0: Weird, huh? Michelangelo, I do believe you finally had one pizza too many. Are you out of your box, is what they are saying.
1: Have you been at the marijuana pizza? Yes. So, yeah, I got the got the hang of the different characters, I think, but it is subtle.
0: It, it is a lot more subtle in the, the original series, I, I, I will agree. I find it especially difficult in the original films, because they made three live-action films, and the personalities are similarly... I mean, not interchangeable, but not especially distinct. Um, yeah. And worse than that, the shade of red and the shade of orange are quite similar, and the shade of blue and the shade of purple are quite similar. So... <laughs> So it's really tricky trying to figure it out. I mean, in the 1984 comic book, they they all had red bandanas. Oof. So, uh, yeah, that's even more tricky.
1: Throws a bone.
0: <laughs> if you like. <laughs> we meet them because they rescue April, who has been chased into the sewers by some baddies.
1: That's quite a trope in itself, is that a vulnerable character being cornered by a group of villains, we think it's the end of them, but then the... the... The heroes with their special skills come in and give them a good creaming. Yes, they do. They biff them on the nose.
0: They biff them on the nose. There's a, there's a big board that goes up saying biff. Anyway, they are in the shadows because they're ninjas, obviously. And when they've chased the baddies off and Ape was like, oh, thank you so much for saving me. Who are you? And they walk into the and She sees that they're turtles and she promptly faints nobody's impressed by
1: this. She says, you're turtles. And then red turtle says, Oh, turtle. I'm being Raphael. sarcastic now. Yeah. He says, Oh, so you're clever then. No, and we're dealing with the down, real
0: mind here.
1: Exactly. And I, and he said, he does this repeatedly when she's just a bit traumatized about this and he's just repeatedly sarcastic. So I've written down that red turtle is unpleasantly sarcastic. I, I didn't like him at first. He's
0: crude, but cool. <laughs> Well, Give me a break!
1: <laughs> Give me a break!
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just reeling for, from from the negativity about Raphael. <laughs> He's the, clearly, the best. I mean, he,
1: I think he improved. I just found him a bit cruel. Don't be like that, Raphael. Come on, play <laughs> the game.
0: <laughs> then, when she woke up, Splinter offered her a brew. He said, ear love.
1: Ear love. Have I'll a brew. brew."
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he said in that exact accent. And she fainted again and. Raphael was like, "Ugh, I hate it when she does that." (laughs) As soon as, like, you know, she she got conscious and stayed conscious for a while. I think they were all right. He ends up being the one who reminds the other because there is a scene later on in the episode where the building they're all in gets flooded, and it gets it gets cartoon flooded, so it gets flooded up to the ceiling donatello's like oh it's fine it's fine we can breathe and Raphael's the one who says yeah we can breathe but she can't so Uh, he does he does take care of her he's just as so i i think he i think he's a bit less cruel than you're giving him credit for
1: well this this was my note i mean i did warm to him as it went along but my initially one gag that i remember laughing out loud at Mm. An actual LOL emitted from my mouth. Wow! It was just a cutaway of somebody being mugged, and he threw his hands up in the air, and the ice cream cone that he was holding landed upside down exactly on top of his head.
0: Oh yeah, on his
1: head. And I just thought that was very funny.
0: <laughs> that was very funny. Just somebody very... with
1: an ice cream cone upside down on their head. That's just a funny thing. <laughs> That's
0: never not funny. Splinter tells her their backstory, which is very complicated. The main takeaway uh, is that Splinter has got a rival in Japan. He thinks he is the reason that Splinter is in New York in the first place. And it's very important that we know about him because it turns out that he has now become the shredder, the evil, evil bad guy.
1: Again, it's a it's a name you get used to, but he, as they point out, he's named after a piece of office equipment, which again is yes, sort of... he is. I think that... The show is sort of balanced between being a bit spoofy but also being what it is, if that makes sense. So it's sort of balanced between being spoofy and being sincere. Yeah. And not quite landing on either one. And I kind of. I was wanting it to, to lean a bit more into the spoofy arch kind of meta thing.
0: It definitely gets there.
1: Little moments like the main baddie being called the Shredder and you're just reminded of office equipment or things like they end up going to a, a ninja district in the city that, that april seemed unaware of just where everyone's ninjas and everything's ninja themed that was quite funny
0: ninja dentist was the yes, uh, the, dentist. Was the one that, that really terrified them all
1: <laughs> do you should i tell you what the humor reminded me of and i mean this in a good way this i don't mean this in a, this in a derogatory way it reminded me of tiny toon adventures
0: oh yeah yeah,
1: that that very sort of self-referential meta kind of humour.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that.
1: And I was kind of wanting more of yeah to lean more into that.
0: I mean, obviously, because the first sort of five episodes are basically setting up the world. There's not so much of that, but there is an awful lot more of it as as the as the seasons go on. Um, right. There a, there's a full-on Batman spoof episode <laughs> uh, where Donatello becomes a Batman type character, and one of the other turtles feel that it's Raphael says something very very Batman related and Michelangelo says you probably shouldn't say that man because we'll we'll get a lawsuit
1: <laughs> That's very tiny tunes isn't it
0: Yeah yeah there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot more of that as as the seas, as the seasons go on but oh, okay. um, yeah no in 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 these first few episodes it's trying to sort of balance the this is a really funny show, but also we've got quite a big bit of story to tell.
1: I just want to skip back a bit to the, the like the flashbacks, the set the the, the set up in Japan and things. There was one moment where it was quite OMG, but then it wasn't. Yes. I don't, do you know the bit I mean?
0: I don't know if we're thinking of the same thing. You say what you're thinking of.
1: It's the bit where the guy who's sort of I'm assuming he's I, I slightly lost track of what was going on, but I'm assuming he's the guy who turns out to be the shredder later. Mm. Um, when he pulls out a knife and apparently thrusts it into the back of the guy sitting next to him. And I was like, oh, he's just stabbed someone in the back. That's a bit unexpected. But actually he's just pinned his clothing to the wall so that he can't bow to the sensei when he comes in and he's all disgraced. For that reason, the sensei, the the guy who's been pinned to the wall, can't say, "Oh, but there's a knife sticking in my clothing." But yeah, I I don't know if that was deliberate. Where you're supposed to think that he's knifed him in the back, and then it turns out he hasn't. But just yeah, just for a moment, I thought, "Oh, this has gone a bit dark."
0: <laughs> Ooh, crikey. Ooh. The thing I was really quite shocked at because. What, watching thing watching things for yourself is one thing because like you can you've you've got things that you you can turn off in your mind because you know that it's you know it's an of its time thing. Yeah. And I know you should never really excuse things for being of its time, but what are you going to do? You can't write and say, can you please reanimate this? <laughs> yeah. Th- there's an awful lot of battle picking, and it's not my place to pick particular battles. But the animation of the Japanese characters was oh yes, horrendous, and I hadn't even seen... I ha- had no recollection of it being like that before, but I was genuinely shocked when I watched it back this this particular time. It's not even like I'd seen it and been like, oh, yes, that's particularly racist drawing there. Oh, well, it's all right. I just hadn't... It just hadn't even registered.
1: The Japanese characters are quite Oh, tropy. my God.
0: They are so tropey. Like,
1: at one point, uh, tri- uh, Splinter says, we are about to join our ancestors, Just <laughs> the most... Like, tropey Japanese thing you could possibly say in that situation so you plot to kill our honourable sensei disgraceful for this misdeed you should be banished from the foot clan altogether what say you all wise sensei I say throw the bomb out I, I was surprised, actually, by how ugly, and I don't know if this goes on, but certainly in the first couple of episodes, quite how ugly a lot of the character design was.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that carries on. Ugly characters.
1: The muggers are absolutely grotesque.
0: And they're meant to be. Uh,
1: but, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the Japanese characters are utterly grotesque. Although, uh, when Shred- uh, Shredder hasn't got his mask on, he's very good-looking.
0: <laughs> Bizarrely, yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's essentially April O'Neil and Shredder who are the only good-looking characters in it. <laughs> And everyone else is like <laughs> utterly grotesque caricatures. I
0: don't know why I had it in my head that he wore the the mask because he like had loads of scarring on his face. I don't know why that. It's, that it's always usually ended the up way, being in my head. It? But... Yeah, but he he's not. He's just got he's just got he's just got a face.
1: He's distractingly handsome. That's why he has to wear it.
0: <laughs> yes. No one can concentrate. Otherwise, I would like, oh, just there. say, "Here comes the smolder." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and i just you know seduce everybody very quickly is what is what his <laughs> his real motivation is there
1: i hadn't realized before quite how small the turtles are because i'd assume they were pretty much adult size but they're not they're little and, and and thus they're
0: little like oh i don't know teenagers yeah
1: some teenagers are bigger than i am depends what are they supposed to be like 13 year olds are they 19? No, I think
0: meant to be more like 15. Oh, okay. That's u- usually the sort of age it starts off yeah.
1: at. I mean, I also don't, I, I don't know how big an anthropomorphised turtle would become either. It reminded me of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but with four of them.
0: <laughs> Snow White and the Four Turtles? Yeah, exactly.
1: This sort of... She's not exiled, but, you know, this adrift woman who's living with these strange small people. Yeah. With their differing personalities.
0: I mean... She's not living with them by, by any means, but she does end up staying with them for a little while while they get this whole who are the evil ninjas mystery solved.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have a bath for or, or change her clothes, I think, for
0: five days. And during all that time, she's living in a sewer. So it <laughs>
1: yes, probably doesn't make a difference.
0: Oh, she must she must hum by the time she gets home. <laughs> Absolutely. When she said, she says to Splinter that she's going to go home and girl up. She's not going to go home and girl up. She's going to go home and get a bath like a human. Yeah,
1: human up. Another note was that their, their feet were freaking me out.
0: Oh, the, the, the two toes.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that. You did you not? <laughs> it was bothering me.
0: Yeah, tills have got weird feet. Sorry, it's just true. They do.
1: If they'd had turtle feet, that would be fine. If they like were webbed for swimming. Yeah. But they were sort of weird human feet, but with these two... Oh no, that was awful. I'm having flashbacks.
0: For some reason they have three in the 2012 series.
1: Oh, that's a bit better. The two, it's just...
0: Two's just weird. Cause
1: there's such a big gap in the middle.
0: And they only have three fingers. Yeah. I don't quite know how they maintain grip on their sight or their katanas, but they do. Because there's they not do, actually a whole yeah. lot of ninja going on. There's not, there's not a whole lot of actually using any of their weapons or fighting, because it's a kids' show. They just kind of, like, use them to, like, make fire hydrants spurt <laughs> water all over the baddies. Yes. You know, and they use them as tools rather than weapons.
1: In the um, first episode, there is a huge horde of robot ninja security guards. So they were able to destroy them with impunity and have a bit more ninja-style fun with them.
0: Yeah, there was, there was that. And also in the third episode, there are more little roboty things called mouses. The mouses are invent are invented by a scientist named Baxter Stockman, who just really wants to make some money off inventing something. He's not a goodie by any stretch of the imagination, but no, not he's not really an evil baddie and he he gets recruited by the Shredder to make to bulk make these mouses so that
1: these robots that will hunt down they'll pursue to the extent that they will chew through walls in order to catch mice which makes me think that they're probably more destructive than the actual mice that they're being built to catch yeah they will just relentlessly chew through everything am i allowed to say that i found that the pizza thing quite annoying
0: i can see why you're trying the pizza thing quite annoying yeah that's fine i
1: think it was just I mean,
0: it's quite
1: a good gag the first couple of times. I think it was a little bit overplayed. Yeah. There's, a, there's there's an exchange later that I wrote down where April says, do you guys take anything seriously? And then one of the turtles says, of course we do. And I thought, I bet it's pizza. And then it cuts to them eating pizza. And she says, I should have guessed. And uh, I did guess. Any sign of Shredder? I just know he's here somewhere. I can practically smell
0: him. I smell something better! Pizzas! I seem to remember, I don't know if it's because I was growing up in Small in Bread Village, Lancashire, but pizza wasn't really a thing before the turtles.
1: No, I remember that certainly during the 80s we didn't really have, we didn't really eat pizza. It, was, it felt much more of a London yuppie thing. Yeah. It was the kind of thing that was mentioned in Douglas Adams' books.
0: Yeah, it was like posh people had pizza. They did. They did kind of turn pizza into a thing over here, definitely. Oh. Um, I remember. I remember seeing it. See, seeing pizza in like the freezer section in the supermarket with a picture of Leonardo on the front. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah.
1: What a marketing I, I tool.
0: I do. I do. And I was like, oh, mum, that must be the actual pizzas that the turtles eat. <laughs> Shall, can we get some? Can 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 we get some? And she was like, "No, it's just a It's just a picture of a turtle on front. Of, it's it's just a normal everyday pizza." And I was like, "Yeah, but my pizza's a dead posh man." <laughs> um, um, turns out they're not at all.
1: As a disclaimer, so we don't get angry emails. I've nothing against pizza. I love pizza.
0: No, it is my favourite food.
1: It's certainly up there with me. I mean, it's difficult to choose because I'm incredibly greedy.
0: You're not greedy. You're just you're just accommodating.
1: <laughs> I'm very accommodating. This is true. <laughs> I shall use it that next true. time. If somebody says somebody tells me I'm very greedy, now I'm just accommodating.
0: That's right, you are. So yeah, I, I do. I do agree that, like, out of context now, it's like, ugh, pizza schmizza. Will you please get over it and tell a different joke? I get that, but at the time, it was like it. It felt like a whole new thing. So it felt like that level of joke repetition yeah. did belong in the show. So, yeah, although I, I do agree watching it back, it's like, oh, for God's sake, forget it, man. You're you like a pizza with a dodgy topping. Yeah. It's fine.
1: <laughs> and an allusion I would make would be in, in Doctor Who, every, the later Tom Baker Doctor Who's, he would uh, occasionally once or twice a story offer somebody a jelly baby out of a bag out of his pocket would you like a jelly baby mm. but it'd be a bit like you know every two or three minutes he'd just bring up jelly babies yeah so what do you want to do doctor well i'd rather like to eat a jelly baby now and just like all right we get it you like jelly babies
0: 100 percent, that kind of thing yeah
1: at the time as somebody who wasn't very familiar with pizza did all their toppings strike you as weird toppings or did you take that as a thing that just one has on pizza Ice cream and anchovies.
0: No, they, they were always weird. Ice cream and anchovies. I, I didn't know what an anchovy was. No. So I, ha- I had to ask, and then when mum was like, "It's like a little fish," I was like, "That's weird." But then that was because the turtles and turtles don't know that don't have the same kind of taste buds as a human would <laughs> this have. This is true. So it, yeah. It would again make sense from their perspective to have wacky toppings like banana and sausage.
1: Pizza, I think. Bearing in mind, of course, when I was growing up in the 80s, I was quite snobby, and I hadn't really had pizza before, and pizza for me was a bit like bowling, the the game of bowling, or the, 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 the night out, the activity of bowling. Bowling was always, like, where should you go bowling? It's like, you're just rolling a ball towards some Skittles, why is that fun? And then when I actually did it, it's like, oh, no, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but it's just sort of like the concept of it seems quite dry. It's like, why would I want to go and do that for two hours? Just roll a heavy ball repeatedly towards some Skittles. And then when you do it, you think, no, this is enjoyable. But it's the same with pizza. It's like a big circle of quite dry bread with some tomato paste on it and cheese. Why is that going to be tasty? That sounds really boring. Yeah. And then when you have some, and then you, have you it. go, oh, my God. This is amazing.
0: Exactly. Why
1: was I being so snobby? I
0: mean, I hate to go back to the 2012 version, but it, to be fair, it is my favourite out of all of the incarnations. Um, in the first episode, they find an abandoned pizza um, <laughs> on a rooftop, and they open it, And because up until this point, they'd been living in the sewers and hadn't gone outside before, so they would only eat worms and algae. And they saw this pizza, and uh, they opened the box, and like I don't know I don't know what it is I don't know what it is Michelangelo takes a slice and stiffs it and think, and he's like hmm could be could be food and he takes a bite and, he just, and it just there's like a cutaway of his brain and it just explodes
1: <laughs> I think that's a bit like my experience with pizza yeah
0: though. yeah it sounds it sounds like that
1: well my next note is that the um, the end theme makes me think it's nearly dinner just because it's quite nostalgic oh, yeah. for it being on yeah. the children's BBC, and I'm thinking of Andy Crane saying, so. "And there'll be more from Splinter and the Turtles at the same time next week." Next door, Mints and Tatties are cooking. Nice. The smells drifting through. And it's nearly time, and Dad's nearly due home from work. Uh, so it's just, yeah, a little bit of a, a nostalgia pang. for It's the quite end nostalgic. Theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My final note for episode one was that I certainly that I liked the comedy more than the action. That it didn't quite have the resources to pull the action off. It's it's quite a cheaply animated cartoon.
0: It is. Which
1: is no slight against it, because I like Doctor Who. One has to work with the budget one has. You can't make a lavishly animated cartoon if you only have the budget for a cheaply animated cartoon.
0: As everybody knows, it wasn't released as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over here. It was released as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles.
1: I was going to say, people will be furious with us if we don't mention that.
0: Yes, it was, it was a deliberate thing. It's fine. We don't need to refer to it as hero anymore. We're allowed to say the word ninja.
1: Were they worried that the um, that like British school kids would become Japanese assassins? It's a weird yes, choice, isn't it? <laughs> they
0: they were very worried about that and all and all of the levels of violence that made in fact they were so worried that I mean, I know we we've, we've said that the, the, the levels of action are not as we would like, to the extent that even though Leonardo And Raphael both have blades,
1: Mm. which
0: are, you know, very easy to murder people with. Yes. The big problem everybody had was Michelangelo and the nunchucks.
1: I remember that. Yes. Yeah, they were much more worried about the nunchucks.
0: They thought they were the most violent things ever. I mean, to be honest, have you seen Michelangelo? It's. absolute wonder he hasn't given himself 12 black eyes <laughs> in the course of the first week's training so yeah that was that was the main issue with, with the nunchucks in and in the UK release possibly the, the the European release in general all references to Michelangelo using nunchucks was edited out
1: oh really that must have been baffling
0: to the extent that from series four onwards because obviously the turtles have been going have been a going concern in, in America without any problems for like three series before it came over to Europe. So from series four onwards they got rid of the nunchucks altogether and replaced it with like a grappling hook. Because that's obviously a lot a lot <laughs> exactly. more safe.
1: I think when you look back on a lot of these things that caused a big stir at the time, it's often difficult to see what the fuss is.
0: Yeah, like jazz.
1: <laughs> exactly, like jazz and bebop and all that sort of thing and and I think there's a lot of just this idea that anything that the kids are getting into in a big way is somehow harmful and dangerous. Yeah, and yeah, this I- idea that like you know when everyone was into yo-yos, there's a big scare that it's going to give everyone wrist sprain, or that you know, that sort of ridiculous thing. And just just, just cooking up any reason to be alarmed and outraged by anything that kids are into.
0: Everybody loves being scandalised.
1: Yes, and it's just, just some kind of tabloid froth that's been what kicked What can up. I
0: clutch my pearls over today? Exactly.
1: They're into hula hoops. Oh, no, that means... Oh, that's just very sexual. Oh. oh. All that hip swaying. And, and it's also gonna they get might accidentally pregnant.
0: strangle themselves. <laughs> yes. <I don't...
1: laughs> so, episode two... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage in a harsh shell. They uh, episode two starts with the turtles not wearing their headbands, and it's very strange seeing them without their headbands. They look it, like puddings. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They, they do. do. You'd not take them seriously. If you saw them coming it, without their little eye masks on, they just yeah. they look so ridiculous and sort of adorable. They do look
0: adorable.
1: I urge anyone to Google an image of the turtles without their eye, eye masks on.
0: Yeah, do it. And then please get in touch and let us know what you think of a maskless turtle. Mm-hmm.
1: Let us know which pudding you think they look like. <laughs>
0: Yes, please do. <laughs> oh, God. they, they Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they just take their masks off to go to bed, but the little <laughs> wristband things stay on.
1: Mm-hmm. It's unhygienic to wear your mask in bed, I think.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't know. Maybe
1: their mum's told them that if they wore their masks to bed, they'd get strangled.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was probably horrified yeah. by the
1: concept. You'll get strangled in your sleep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what happened Exactly what happened And
1: don't let Splinter sleep in the room with you Because he'll sit on your face during the night And you'll suffocate
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> This has gone so weird Am I awake? <laughs> God yeah, that was <laughs> that was the entire worry it was. of a whole generation mm. sleeping in masks
1: yeah.
0: and having a giant rat suffocate you in your sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah. So they do wake up eventually mm. and they have they have breakfast and they have breakfast cereal. On pizza.
1: Well, before they have breakfast, this is where I made my first note about the blue turtle being a boring leader. Uh, uh, because one of them says, I'm starving. Uh, and blue turtle says, and we don't eat until we've practised.
0: Oh, I know. Oh,
1: can you just give it a rest? Oh, have a day off, blue spot, turtle.
0: <laughs> blue turtle. <laughs> I love that you don't use the names. <laughs> I can't quite remember them. Their, you just use their colours as their names. Blue <laughs> turtle.
1: I can't quite remember which is which. They're all named after very similar things, so the the names get quite jumbled up in my mind as to which one's which. Donatello, I feel, should be the blue one because that's more of a blue word. Yeah. Raphael works as the red one because that's a red word.
0: Yeah, it is. And Michelangelo works as orange.
1: Yeah, I'd say that works. At one point, I forgot to write down which character it was, but somebody says, I don't believe it. But the line reading was, I don't believe it. I remember that. Yeah, I'll have to drop the audio in.
0: I don't believe it! My mighty foot soldiers beaten by a bunch of turtles! Maybe it was actual Victim Meldrum. <laughs> it could have been.
1: Then there's a brain thing, uh I wrote. Ooh, Brain Thing.
0: Yes, Krang.
1: Who says things like, My legions are waiting in Dimension X and he is uh Krang is great, I like Krang. Evil,
0: he's evil.
1: <laughs> he's he's quite evil but he's hilarious he's got a he's basically a naked exposed brain with tendrils he's got a mouth and eyes and then these tendrils that he sort of flex as while well he's talking like he's a strong man showing off his muscles
0: He only wants one thing in his life the poor little love
1: and thank God it's not pizza oh my goodness
0: it's not pizza he just wants a body
1: He wants a body yeah he
0: wants a body He's a brain without a body he just wants a body. <clears throat> Ah, suck my old shred. I told you, call me the Shredder. You wouldn't be shredding anything if it worked for me. I have given you vast technical knowledge, but you have not fulfilled your half of the bargain. My legions are waiting in Dimension X. To storm into this world and crush it. All I lack is a body. A body which you have failed to provide for me.
1: But yes, I liked Krang. He was entertaining.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that although him and the Shredder are... In cahoots to a degree. Yeah, Krang doesn't really like Shredder very much. He's not really interested in Shredder or Shredder's problems or the turtles or anything. He just wants to. He just wants a body and he wants to take over Earth. Mm. He just. He's, he's not interested in anything else. Everything else is quite irritating to him. Especially Shredder.
1: I I feel also that a lot of the most of the characters are quite generic. So Shredder is a very generic. Why am I surrounded by fools? Sort of character.
0: Yes, he very much is.
1: Splinter, Shredder, and Splinter. Their names are so similar, I always have to make a conscious effort to remember which one's which. Splinter is a very generic Japanese sensei, and April is a very generic woman reporter character, feisty reporter character. But Mm. Krang is quite sufficiently bizarre, so I I sort of took to him. There's a bit where uh, April, for some reason, I can't remember why, finds three of the turtles in disguise i don't know why the boring blue one wasn't in disguise but the other three are. cuz he's boring cuz he's boring he refuses to put on a disguise because it would undermine his authority probably.
0: Yeah yeah and they shout out hey girl what's the haps.
1: Yeah and one of them's Which doing is moonwalk.
0: the most the most <laughs> 80s phrase. Um April isn't remotely impressed.
1: She's no. like what the
0: bleeding <laughs> hell are you doing here? <laughs> get, get out. <laughs> Go on show me up. <laughs> oh, I, would, I would it have liked April down. much
1: more if she spoke like that <laughs> what the bleeding hell are you doing here
0: <laughs> I should be April
1: <laughs> you should
0: you come over here with your pizza
1: yeah <laughs> you have to be hel- held back from headbutting them like Bobby Ball <laughs>
0: I, I don't think I, I don't think I'd ever had butter turtle. I mean, you, you know, I'm how filling up bad. Tommy. I'm in the first place.
1: And as I think is possibly a legal requirement, Shredder is is the faux convivial villain uh, because all villains are faux convivial, aren't they? You can't have a rude villain. You have to have a very polite villain. And he does say, "I must congratulate you. Mm-hmm. How nice of you to join me." Has there ever been like a top villain who wasn't faux convivial?
0: No. It's the rules.
1: How nice of you to join me, Mister Bond. I must congratulate you for defeating my men so easily.
0: I mean, I think, I think the Emperor is like potentially the only one who's just outright terrifying the whole time. He doesn't like he has zero chill, even like pretend chill. He's just always like, ah, join the dark side, guam, <laughs> join it, join the dark side, do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it! You get your angry art, and you do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. He's still
1: quite mockingly. He has that sort of mocking politeness. So I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational, Margaret. Is that is that
0: his like pet name for Darth Vader? He
1: he has the slight Scottish accent, like Victor Meldrew. This episode contains possibly the worst sick burn ever. uh, When the turtles are being attacked by bebop and rocksteady one of them says Mm. didn't i see you in the jungle book (laughs) Yes. which a coming from a mutant turtle is a bit ripe Mm.
0: (laughs) i would love it if you had been the voice of either bebop or rocksteady (laughs) and at (laughs) after having heard did i see you in the jungle book you just turned around like you're trying to
1: insult me with (laughs) kipling references you Yeah, and B it's far too literary <laughs> to make a, a decent insult. Didn't I see yeah, you in the-, the poem if?
0: Um I hate to break this to you Adam. They did make a film out of the Jungle Book. But- well, it's quite
1: a highbrow cartoon and it he's basically saying uh oh, you're an animal and he's an animal <laughs> who's saying it. It doesn't really make sense as an insult.
0: It it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't land
1: my final note for episode two is just a general note that i think the most 80s type of humor that is possible is cracking wise and i think it's sort of a shame that after the first episode which is a lot more arch and a bit deconstructionist and Uh, meta Mm. a lot of the humor in the second episode is just cracking wise constant cracking wise but times three normally in these cartoons you'll have one wise cracking character but it's three constantly everything they see they have to make some smart remark about it's like being trapped in a room with three deadpools i i only know him from the first film that's that's my only interaction with deadpool was that ryan reynolds film
0: i read comic books and I love Deadpool in the
1: comic books, and I didn't like Deadpool in the film. Yeah, this is the, But he his thing was just constantly wisecracking, and, and like every every action beat in this, one of the turtles has to has to make some kind of remark. I'm tempted almost to do a super cut of just all their wisecracks. <laughs> I, think in, I think you should. I think you should. I would love that unbroken stream of smart aleckery.
0: Oh man, that was a short trip. I
1: hate it when he says that. Get the feeling somebody has it in for us. Well, that's kind of a defeatist attitude, don't you think? Well, I feel like marshmallow in Nutcracker. Take your time, why don't you? Lights out! Come so on, guys! Hey, write us when you hit bottom. <laughs> yeah, we were trained to fight people, not can openers. Rude, dude. Our rear plank's cut off, Sarge! I'd say we redecorated the place nicely. A kitchen utensil? Does the phrase, go suck a lemon, hold any meaning for you? The mutation didn't up their IQs any. Come on, Splinter. We're checking out of this dump. I really wish you'd stop saying things like that. Didn't I see you in the jungle book? Yeah, those jerks belong in a zoo, not the streets. Now you boys have fun together, and we'll be back to check on you in about 10 years. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Those dudes are so dumb. This is not my idea of a good time. Episode three, April has been wearing the same clothes for days. Uh, she also proves what a, le- a lousy journalist she is when they find out that... So this is where we get to the little robots that are called the mouses that are being mass-produced in order to hunt down Splinter and the Turtles. And they, the name of the inventor is stamped on the bottom of the feet of these things. Uh, and it's Baxter Baxter Stockman. Stockman. So they they say, oh, April, well, she's a journalist. She'll be able to find out who and where Baxter Stockman is. So they go to her and say, his name is Baxter Stockman. And she says... That's all you've got to
0: go on? A name?
1: I'd say a name is pretty good. Particularly a name like Baxter Stockman.
0: It's not like it's a name like John Smith. No.
1: (laughs) And sure enough, she finds him uh, in three clicks on... Somehow, in 1987, she Googles him, apparently. She's on the computer anyway, and she finds... Magically. Magically finds backs to Stockman, so i don't know what her problem was frankly she's just annoying me
0: now she just had one on it
1: i found it i i think i liked this episode least just because they had the robot ninja security guards and the turtles defeated them easily and so shredder's new idea is to come up with these robot vermin control and i kind of thought oh i wonder if the turtles will defeat them easily and they <laughs> didn't
0: Lo yes. and behold. Lo and
1: behold, it's like, oh, OK.
0: <laughs> in between times, the turtles have said, do you know what, Master Splinter, you're probably best off going to stay with April for a little bit. She'll look after you. She won't mind. So poor old April, is in. Is, she's just got out of the bath. She's like, oh, thank God, I don't smell of sewers anymore.
1: She has to look after an enormous six-foot rat. Uh,
0: yeah, which, who, I mean, fair play to her, all credit, she puts him in her bed.
1: I know, <laughs> she's thinking there's a a human-sized rat in my bed sleeping there that when they're on the way to see shredder like the three the orange red and purple turtles are cracking wise and blue turtle says stick to business that the only thing worse than compulsive wisecrackers is is the nag the joyless (laughs) humorless nag
0: yeah, that's right. They're all making jokes, and Leonardo's jealous because he's not making any jokes.
1: April sure was mad.
0: Oh, well, you know women.
1: No, we don't.
0: She's the first one we ever met.
1: Stick to business. Are they brothers? Yes. What's their surname? Hamato. What?
0: Hamato. Because Splinter's real name is Hamato Yoshi. Ah, OK.
1: And
0: in in Japan, obviously, they have the surname first and then the first name. So, yeah.
1: What's Hamato actually- with you? <laughs>
0: I knew I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going
1: to happen. It took a while though.
0: <laughs> it's still hilarious. <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> well, that was the turtles then.
0: That was the turtles. And um, I'm going to ask you the questions. Please do. Who was your favorite and least favorite character?
1: Well, my favorite character is Krang.
0: That's fair. Because
1: he's quite funny and strange. And, yeah, not quite as generic as many of the other characters. Have you got a least favourite? I'm afraid I do. You're not going to like it, though. Oh, no. Just the turtles, generally.
0: The turtles, generally? (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: They themselves
1: are actually quite... Particularly that scene when they're causing chaos in April O'Neil's flat, when she tells them Eh. not to. They're quite... they're physically quite endearing like the way they act i just mm. don't like their 80s surfer dude voices particularly i think they would be if they had more of like just different voices if they were a bit more like uni or like a character from a Miyazaki cartoon or that kind of thing if, if they if they were a bit more weird and less hey dude whoa cowabunga! whoa no way dude kind of thing i'd find them a bit yeah a bit more likable I think that's my... That has always been my essential problem with the turtles, is their their voices. And you're never going to talk to me again.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Starting from now. (laughs) 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 Well, that was (laughs) RetroTube.
0: It was. It was. It's been. It's been quite an eventful year.
1: Yeah, we made it it's to exactly one year. It's been quite an eventful friend,
0: friendship. <laughs> but no, it's all. It's all over now. In fact, while you stepped away from the microphone for a few minutes while we were recording, I texted Joe, and I said, "Adam hates the turtles." <laughs> um, she texted back saying, "And I quote: break friends with him immediately." <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh- I'll be more specific then. Uh, Blue Turtle.
0: Blue Turtle, that's fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> the other three were fine.
0: That, that's fair. That is mm-hmm. 100% fair. I think Leonardo is my worst character as well. I think The Turtles is your Battle of the Planets for me.
1: I think so. If yeah. that makes sense. No, definitely. Yeah, so
0: it's like you're, you, you loved it and, and, and that's fine and, and everything, but it just it didn't mean anything to me. I think, obviously, I think a lot of love in any cartoon. Especially one that you've grown up with is the fact that you've grown up with it, and
1: definitely watching Battle of the Planets again, particularly with a critical eye, it wasn't very good. Unlike, I think Dungeons and Dragons. I think we established this. Dungeons and Dragons actually was good. Yeah,
0: Dungeons and of course, and Dragons was really good. The one we
1: watched for our unreleased pilot episode, Dogtanian. Yeah, it's gen- is a genuinely good cartoon. But I think possibly some of the others, you had to be there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I get I get that the turtles is is that for a lot of people who are my age-ish. Maybe a little older, a little younger.
1: It's similar to Thundercats that at the time, I haven't watched it since, but at the time I was probably 13 or 14 when it was on, mm. and I didn't like it.
0: Ah, uh, Yeah. I, see, I was like 5 or 6, and I watched it quite religiously. And uh, I wanted to be Chitara.
1: <laughs> it's held in real high esteem now.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. and um, Like, I, I've... I've Seen a few episodes, maybe a couple of years ago, and it's probably it's probably less great than I remember it. Yeah. Um, Lionel is definitely off the leader trope. Yes. Total personality vacuum. <laughs> it um, was very
1: declamatory. I remember it being very.
0: Yes, it was. It they was. They didn't
1: seem like real people. They see they talked like this a lot, and yeah, just declaimed. Yeah, it was constantly. very,
0: very, very Shakespearean. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. thank you very very much for sitting yourself through three episodes of a show that you clearly hated i i love you so much for it thank you um and thank you everybody who listened in um it's been an amazing year of television and hopefully uh the next year we can watch even more exciting stuff Starting with our next episode, can you give us a clue of what you have chosen for next time, Adam?
1: Well, if it's the planned one, but it might not mm. be. It, mm. it, it's going to be something a bit experimental and different next time, uh, if Ooh. if that works out. But I won't say any more than that because it might turn out to be something completely different. But it may be it may be a one-off change of format.
0: So yes, if you would like to get in touch with us, you're more than welcome to. We love hearing from you. It's like our favorite thing. Uh, our twitter account is at retro underscore tube and our email address is retro tube podcast at gmail.com always happy to hear from you and we um don't really have a lot more to say about that so that is absolutely everything i have got to say on the matter adam do you have the final word
1: i mean it would be remiss of me not to say cowabunga is the final word on the turtles episode wouldn't
0: it it would be it would be hello everybody it's me again um this is being recorded after the main show has been recorded because i've just had a little chat with adam and um he thinks we probably ought to add this little bit to it so um i'm going to tell you about it now My dad, as long-time followers of this podcast will know, was a really groovy guy, and he was also a really, really sentimental old sod, and he kept pretty much all of my school books from when I was little. I mean, there was probably no point in keeping the maths books apart from, you know, for the comedy value. Um, But most interestingly, he kept my stories and poems book back from when I was about seven years old, so like maybe year three at primary school. So it was from about 1990. And it turns out that I have always been something of an incurable fangirl. Uh, we were asked to write a story about whatever it was that we wanted. And so I decided that I would write a story about my favourite TV show of the time, which was obviously the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. It definitely counts, I think, as my very first ever fanfic. And even though it was, you know, a seven-year-old crappy little bit of nothing, and I only wrote it during the hour or so of the lesson. It's you know it's not too terrible and I'm actually quite proud of little me's ability at characterization because you know let's never forget that Raphael is cool but crude. Uh, so allow me to share it with you, if you will. <clears throat> My story. One day I was walking down the road. I heard a rustling noise. Out of a bush jumped a teenager. He robbed all our money off us. There was another rustling noise. Out jumped the teenage mutant hero turtle. It was Raphael. I told him all about it, crying and hugging him. He ran after him. Very soon he got him. He realised it was Shredder and when he caught his breath he said, You stupid shredhead. He took him back to me. There he is. Just one more thing. He took my ribbons and said, I hope you don't mind. He wrapped him up and said, there, all gift drop for the police. But please come back with me to the sewers. Yes, please, I said. Raphael was so happy when we got there. He said, would you like some cheese and tomato pizza? Yes, please, I said. At the end of the day, I crawled upon Raphael's knee and said goodnight and I went to sleep. Next morning, I sneaked into my house and packed my clothes into a suitcase and set off to the sewers and called softly, Raphael, are you here? He came to me and said, what's the suitcase for? I answered, I've come to live with you. When he heard that, he gave me a kiss. I love you, he said.